Section 47 of the Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 11. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lisa Murphy, Richmond, Virginia. The Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 11, by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton. The Twenty-First Night of the Month When as nighted the night, the wazir presented himself before the king, who bade him relate the promised story. So he said, hearkening in obedience, give ear, O king, to the tale of the two sharpers, who each cozened his compeer. There was once in the city of Baghdad a man hight Almarazi, who was a sharper, and ruined the folk with his rogueries, and he was renowned in all quarters for knavery. He went out one day, carrying a load of sheep's droppings, and swore to himself that he would not return to his lodging till he had sold it at the price of raisins. Now there was in another city a second sharper, Hait al-Razi, one of its worst, who went out the same day, bearing a load of goat's droppings, anent which he swore to himself that he would not sell it, but at the price of sun-dried figs. So the twain fared on with that which was by them, and ceased not going till they met in one of the cons, and one complained to other of what he had suffered on travel in quest of gain, and of the little demand for his wares. Now each of them had it in mind to cheat his fellow, so the man of Mar said to the man of Ray, Wilt thou sell that to me? He said yes, and the other continued, And wilt thou buy which is with me? The man of Ray consented, so they agreed upon this, and each of them sold to his mate that which was with him in exchange for the others, after which they bade farewell, and both fared forth. As soon as the twain were out of sight, they examined their loads to see what was therein, and one of them found that he had a load of sheep's droppings, and the other that he had a load of goat's droppings, whereupon each of them turned back in quest of his fellow. They met again in the khan, and laughing at each other, cancelled their bargain. Then they agreed to enter into partnership, and that all they had of money and other goods should be in common, share and share alike. Then, quoth Al-Razi to El-Marwazi, Come with me to my city, for that tis nearer than thine. So he went with him, and when he arrived at his quarters, he said to his wife and household and neighbors, This is my brother, who hath been absent in the land of Khorasan, and is come back. And he abode with him in all honor for a space of three days. On the fourth day, Al-Razi said to him, Know, O my brother, that I purpose to do something. The other asked, What is it? And the first answered, I mean to feign myself dead, and do thou go to the bazaar and hire two porters and a beer. Then take me up and go about the streets and markets with my body, and collect alms on my account. Accordingly, the mar-man repaired to the market, and fetching that which he sought, returned to the ray-man's house where he found his fellow cast down in the entrance passage, with his beard tied and his eyes shut, and his complexion was paled, and his belly was blown and his limbs were loose. So he deemed him really dead, and shook him, but he spoke not. Then he took a knife and pricked his feet, but he budged not. Presently said El-Razi, What is this, O fool? And said El-Marazi, I deemed thou was dead in very deed. Al-Razi cried, Get thee to business and leave funning. So he took him up and went with him to the market and collected alms for him that day till eventide. 
when he bore him back to his abode and waited till the morrow. Next morning he again took up the beer and walked around with it as before in quest of charity. Presently the chief of police, who was of those who had given him alms on the previous day, met him. So he was angered and fell on the porters and beat them and took the dead body, saying, I will bury him and win reward in heaven. So his followers took him up and, carrying him to the police officer, fetched grave diggers, who dug him a grave. Then they brought him a shroud and perfumes and fetched an old man of the quarter to wash him. So the shakir recited over him the appointed prayers and, laying him on the bench, washed him and shrouded him. After he had been shrouded, he skited, so the gray beard renewed the washing and went away to make the wazoo ablution, whilst all the folk departed to do likewise, before the orisons of the funeral. When the dead man found himself alone, he sprang up as he were a Satan, and donning the corpse washer's dress, took the cups and water can and wrapped them up in the napkins. Then he clapped his shroud under his armpit and went out. The doorkeepers thought he was the washer and asked him, Hast thou made an end of the washing, so we may acquaint the emir? The sharper answered yes, and made off to his abode, where he found the marman a-wooing his wife and saying to her, By thy life thou wilt never again look upon his face, for the best reason that by this time he is buried. I myself escaped not from them, but after toil and trouble, and if he speak, they will do him to death. Quoth she, And what wouldst thou have of me? And quoth he, Satisfy my desire and heal my disorder, for I am better than thy husband. And he began toying with her as a prelude to possession. Now, when the ray man heard this, he said, Yonder whittle pimp lusteth after my wife, but I will at once do him a damage. Then he rushed in upon them, and when El Marazi saw him, he wondered him and said, How did thou make thine escape? Accordingly, he told him the trick he had played, and they abode talking of that which they had collected from the folk, and indeed they had gotten great store of money. Then said the man of Mar, In very sooth mine absence hath been prolonged, and lief would I return to my own land. El Razi said, As thou willest, and the other rejoined, Let us divide the monies we have made, and do thou go with me to my home, so I may show thee my tricks and my works replied the man of Ray, Come to-morrow, and we will divide the coin. So the mar-man went away, and the other turned to his wife and said to her, We've collected us great plenty of money, and the dog would fain take the half of it, but such things shall never be, for my mind hath been changed against him, since I heard him making love to thee. Now, therefore, I propose to play him a trick, and enjoy all the money, and do thou not oppose me. She replied, "'Tis well. And he said to her, "'Tomorrow, at peep a day, I will feign myself dead. And do thou cry aloud and tear thy hair, whereupon the folk will flock to me. Then lay me out and bury me, and when the folk are gone away from the grave, dig down to me and take me, and fear not for me, as I can abide without harm two days in the tomb niche.' Whereto she made answer, "'Doin' what thou thou wilt.' Accordingly, when it was the dawn hour, she bound his beard, and spreading a veil over him, shrieked aloud, whereupon the people of the quarter flocked to her, men and women. Presently up came Almarazi, for the division of the money, and hearing the keening asked, What may be the news? Quoth they, Thy brother is dead. 
and he, quoth he, in himself, the accursed fellow cozeneth me, so he may get all the coin for himself. But I will presently do with him what shall soon requicken him. Then he tare the bosom of his robe and bared his head, weeping and saying, Alas, my brother, ah, alas, my chief, ah, alas, my lord, ah. Then he went into the men who rose and condoled with him. Then he accosted the raised man wife and said to her, How came his death to occur? Said she, I know nothing except that when I arose in the morning I found him dead. Moreover, he questioned her of the money which was with her, but she cried, I have no knowledge of this and no tidings. So he sat down at his fellow sharper's head and said to him, Know, Arazi, that I will not leave thee till after ten days with their nights, wherein I will wake and sleep by thy grave. So rise and don't be a fool. But he answered him not, and the man of Mar drew his knife and fell to sticking it into the other's hands and feet, purposing to make him move. But he stirred not, and he presently grew weary of this and determined that the sharper was really dead. However, he still his suspicions and said to himself, This fellow is falsing me, so he may enjoy all the money. Therewith he began to prepare the body for burial, and bought for it perfumes and whatso was needed. Then they brought him to the washing-place, and El Marazi came to him, and heating water till it boiled and bubbled and a third of it was evaporated, fell to pouring it on his skin, so that it turned bright red and lively blue and was blistered. But he abode still on one case. Presently they wrapped him in the shroud and set him on the bier, which they took up, and bearing him to the burial-place, placed him in the grave-niche and filled in the earth after which the folk dispersed. But the marman and the widow abode by the tomb, weeping, and ceased not sitting till sundown, when the woman said to him, Come, let us hie us home, for this weeping will not profit us, nor will it restore the dead. He replied to her, By Allah, I will not budge hence till I have slept, and waked by this tomb ten days with their nights. When she heard this his speech, she feared lest he should keep his word and his oath. And so her husband perished, but she said in her mind, This one disassembleth, and I leave him and return to my house. He will tarry by him a little while and go away. And al said to her, Arise thou, and hie thee home. So she arose and repaired to her house, whilst the man of Mar abode in his place, till the night was half spent. When he said to himself, How long? Yet how can I let this knavish dog die and lose the money? Better I open the tomb on him and bring him forth, and take my due of him by dint of grievous beating and torment. Accordingly he dug him up and pulled him forth of the grave, after which he took himself to a garden hard by the burial ground, and cut thence staves and palm fronds. Then he tied the dead man's legs and laid on to him with the staff and beat him with grievous beating, but the body never budged. When the time grew longsome on him, his shoulders became aweary, and he feared lest some of the watch passing on his round should surprise and seize him. So he took up Al-Razi, and carrying him forth of the cemetery, stayed not till he came to the Magan's mortuary place, and casting him down in a tower of silence, rained heavy blows upon him till his shoulders failed him. But the other stirred not. Then he seated him by his side and rested after which he rose and renewed the beating upon him, and thus he did till the end of night, but without making him move. 
Now, as destiny decreed, a band of robbers, whose want it was, when they had stolen anything, to resort to that place, and there divide their loot, came thither in early dawn, according to their custom. They numbered ten, and they had with them much wealth, which they were carrying. When they approached the Tower of Silence, they heard a noise of blows within it, and their captain cried, This is Majin, whom the angels are tormenting. So they entered the cemetery, and as soon as they arrived over against him, the man of Mar feared lest they should be the watchmen come upon him. Therefore he fled and stood among the tombs. The robbers advanced to the place, and finding a man of Rai bound by the feet, and by him some seventy sticks, wondered at this with exceeding wonder, and said, Allah confound thee! This was a miscreant, a man of many crimes, for earth hath rejected him from her womb and by my life he is yet fresh. This is his first night in the tomb, and the angels were tormenting him, but now, so whoso of you hath a sin upon his soul, let him beat him by way of offering to Almighty Allah. The robber said, We be sinners one and all. So each of them went up to the corpse and dealt it about a hundred blows, one saying the while, This is for my father, and another laid on to him crying, This is for my grandfather whilst a third muttered, This is for my brother, and a fourth exclaimed, This is for my mother. And they gave not overtaking turns at him and beating him till they were weary, whilst Al-Marazi stood laughing and saying himself, Tis not I alone who have entered into default against him. There is no majesty and there is no might save in Allah, the glorious, the great. Then the robbers applied themselves to sharing their loot, wherein was a sword, which called them to fall out anent the man who should take it. Quoth the captain, "'Tis my reed that we make proof of it, and it be a fine blade. We shall know its worth, and if it be worthless, we shall know that. Whereto they said, "'Try it on this corpse, for it is fresh.' So the captain took the sword and drawing it, brandished it and made a false cut with it. But when the man of Ray saw this, he felt sure of death and said in his mind, I have borne the washing slab and the boiling water and the prickling with the knife point in the grave niche and its straightness and all this, trusting in Allah that I might be delivered from death. And indeed I have been delivered. But the sword I may not suffer, seeing that one stroke of it will make me a dead man. So saying, he sprang to his feet and seizing a thigh bone of one departed, shouted at the top of his voice, O ye dead ones, take them to yourselves. And he smote one of them, while his mate of Mar smote another, and they cried out at them and buffeted them on their neck-napes, whereupon the robbers left that which was left of the loot and ran away. And indeed their wits took flight for terror, and they ceased not running till they came forth of the magen's mortuary ground, and left it at a parasang's length behind them. When they halted, trembling and affrighted for the muchness of that which had befallen them of fear and awe of the dead, as for el Raze and el Marwazi, they made peace with each other, and sat down to share the spoil. Quoth the man of Mar, I will not give thee a dirham of this money, till thou pay me my due of the monies that be in thy house. And quoth the man of Ray, I will do not of the kind, nor will I withdraw this from aught of my due. So they fell out thereupon, and disputed each other, with other and either of the twain went saying to his fellow, I will not give thee a durham. Wherefore, words reigned high between them, and the brawl was prolonged. Meanwhile, when the robbers halted, 
one of them said to the others, Let us go back and see. And the captain said, This thing is impossible of the dead. Never heard we that they came to life in such a way. Return we and take our monies, for that the dead have no need of money. And they were divided in opinion as to returning, but presently one said, Indeed, our weapons are gone, and we may not prevail against them, and will not draw near the place. Only let one of us go look at it, and, if he hear no sound of them, let him suggest to us what we should do. At this they agreed that they should send a man of them, and assigned him for such mission two parts of the plunder. Accordingly, he returned to the burial ground, and gave not over going till he stood at the door of the Tower of Silence when he heard the words of El Marwazi to his fellow, I will not give thee a single durham of the money. The other said the same, and they were occupied with brawling and abuse and talk. So the robber returned in haste to his mates, who said, What is behind thee? Quoth he, Get you gone and run for your lives, O fools, and save yourselves. Much people of the dead are come to life, and between them are words and brawls. Hereat the robbers fled, whilst the two sharpers returned to the man of Ray's house, and made peace, and added the robber's spoil to the monies they had gained, and lived a length of time. Nor, O king of the age, continued the wazir, is this stranger or rarer than the story of the four sharpers with the shroff and the ass? When the king heard this story, he smiled, and it pleased him, and he bade the minister to his own house. End of section 47